I think that if we're in the beauty business and we're in the skincare business, it's especially if we have daughters, it's incumbent upon us to say your worth as a human being has nothing to do with the wrinkles on your face. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer, make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. In today's episode, we're chatting with Vicky Sai, founder of Tatcha, one of the world's leading skincare brands, which recently sold for half a billion dollars. No big deal. I roped in my co-founder, Ange, to learn all of Vicky's skincare secrets. Today, Ange and I are going to be talking about skincare. Or lack thereof. <laughs> so before we get started, I did want to ask, what is your skincare routine? Because I want to talk about mine, too. I mean, you don't want to know because I don't have one. I feel like the last time I tried a skincare routine was when I was in high school and breaking out. And then I stopped washing my face and it seemed better. Wait, you literally don't do anything? I use the same lotion on my body and face. What about cleaning it? Just in the shower with water. Well, see, I'm already freaking out about aging and like lines and spots. And I've had two kids now and I'm like, what do I do? So I'm like Mrs. Skincare and you're anti-skincare. So I think because I haven't focused on it, I'm worried that I'm suddenly going to wake up and be like, what happened to my skin? You know, what could I have been doing to kind of what can I actually work into my routine? Because the idea of doing a lot of different things and having many different products is just not something I feel like I can do. Right. And I look at these women who are like in their 70s and they're looking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know what they're doing because I just want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, And then sometimes I feel like maybe I shouldn't wear makeup because that's going to ruin your skin. I don't know. But now there's like so many different routines and things. I mean, I think and breaks. I mean, my mom has such amazing skin that I kind of just want to do whatever she did. Yeah. But she doesn't think what she did was good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she would change things. Like she was right. wearing lipstick every day. The you boomer know? generation was all lipstick yeah, all the, and the time. Yeah, over tweezed eyebrows. Oh my, I did that for a while. I've n- I never did. I'm still trying to grow them back. It's a sensitive topic. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, we are so excited to have Vicky Sai here today. She's the founder of Japanese beauty brand Tatcha. And her celebrity customers actually include everyone from Meghan Markle hey. to Kim Kardashian. <laughs> like Kim. Yeah. Kim is one Kim of her K. customers. Kim, Kim K. K. Kim K West. And she is here to teach me something new about my skincare routine. I'm so pumped to be here, especially after hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Vicky, you have this amazing Japanese skincare empire called Tatcha. It's been a decade now. I it's think. been a decade. Wow. Yeah. So, but you're actually not Japanese. Mm-mm. Is that a secret? No, no, no. It's the first <laughs> thing I always say. Really? Mm. So how did you how did you get started with this? Were you? I heard you were in the corporate world yeah. when you actually started this. Totally. Um, my parents are from Taiwan. I was born here, though, and I grew up in New Jersey and Texas. Same also, shout also, out. Born in Jersey. Jersey, Texas. We and Texas. You saw, you saw Me and Andrew are like you. Yeah. Like Together. Yeah. 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 If I had <laughs> twins, it would be you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Vicky. so how did you end up creating Tatcha? I ruined my skin. You ruined it? Uh-huh. 
I worked for the big global beauty care companies and I treated my face like a science experiment. So I'm always happy to hear that people are doing less versus more. So I gave myself acute dermatitis. My whole face was bleeding and blistering and scaling, including my lips and my eyelids for three years. And I had to use oral and topical steroids and antibiotics to keep it under control. And I was (laughs) pregnant um, or getting pregnant around that time. And I started worrying not just about what I had put on my face that ruined my skin, but what else is going to go in my body that I'm going to pass over to my child via bioaccumulation. And then I was also just really burned out on the corporate world. So one day I woke up and I said, I choose happiness. And I started traveling and that's how I ended up in Japan. And what did you learn while you were in Japan? Two things. On the skincare side, less is more. Even now, I never spend more than about a minute on my skin in the morning and about a minute at night. And that two, that your lifestyle and your mindset can really affect your happiness and your skin. Hmm. And then I heard a rumor that as you were starting this company, you actually had to sell an engagement ring to get the business off the ground. I did. How did your fiance feel about that? My husband, um, <laughs> who I've been together Just with. making sure it still happened. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know which engagement ring this was. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, engagement ring, car, furniture. Oh, you sold it all. Worked for jobs. You were that passionate about this business. I was, you know. It's a lot of that in Silicon Valley, though. That's not unusual. Well, also, you're a Japanese skincare brand in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Is that unusual? Well, you know, what we like to say is that we're rooted in Japanese skincare rituals, but, you know, we've got a foot in San Francisco, so we're big on the the technology side, big on the feeling that you can change the world, but we're rooted in these things that are three, 400 years old, and we're always trying to innovate within tradition. So I know that you launched your business on the same day as your daughter was born. Yeah. Or same week or whatever, yeah. which is completely insane. But, <laughs> you know, how does it feel sort of becoming a mom, becoming a business owner, becoming a CEO all at the same time? It was great. I set everything up on the website in September of 2009, but then we went into physical retail January of 2010. And it was when I was in childbirth. Oh but I, I went for the drugs, so it was totally fine. <laughs> How quickly after your daughter was born did you send an email? <laughs> ten minutes? Ten? Yeah. I was going to play the prices Right rules. Oh, <laughs> ten minutes. I was going to guess an hour, so you actually, yeah, I would have lost if Price is Right rules. <laughs> okay. So. Do you think it changed your approach to how you do business and what work-life balance looked like for you? Because that was sort of... Your daughter was there from the beginning. Yeah. You know, I get asked that question. I'm sure you guys do too about the work-life balance thing. And I've I've tried to stay away from that word balance because it yes. implies that, you know, it should be 50-50. It was always a blend for us mm-hmm. because um, it was in my it was in my dining room, it was in my garage, and it, was, it was in my house until only a few years ago. And my daughter's as much a part of it, as is my husband, as any other teammate that I have. And so they're all commingled in a really beautiful way so I can work and spend time with them and spend time with them and work at the same time. And it it doesn't really feel like one's taking away from the other. Has your daughter used all the products? Oh, yeah. We were masking last night. (laughs) (laughs) Does your husband mask with you? My husband... Yeah. You can say it. You're not going to put this anywhere. He don't worry. doesn't. And all the <laughs> times across a lot of radio stations and stuff. <laughs> when we're driving into work together, I'll look over and I'll I'll say like, I can tell you did not put on eye cream this morning. And he's like, stop looking. Stop looking. <laughs> How do I get my husband to wear eye cream? This is a great question. I am still working on this. Okay. So let's take it back. So you're in Japan and there was something about the geishas that mm-hmm. struck you. Mm-hmm. And what was it about 
their form of skincare that really left an impact on you? Mm, yeah. So when I had acute dermatitis, the only thing I could use on my face was Aquaphor, which is like a Vaseline. So I, I was always aquifer. greasy. Yeah, because we use it on our, our yeah. baby's bottoms when <laughs> yeah. they get chapped bottoms. But I looked greasy all the time. And I used to fly through Japan for work, different job, when I worked for Starbucks. And I used to get these blotting papers there. And it was the only thing that I could use that would take the shine off without you know, falling apart on my skin. Cause the ones here are made of like toilet paper company stuff that leaves little bits of paper on your face. It's sexy. Yes. Very. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, a couple years after I left Starbucks, you know, living out in the Bay area, working with these sustainability scientists, I ran out of these blotting papers and I called my friend Tomoko from Starbucks, Japan. And I said, do you remember, do you remember those blotting papers I used to get? I can't find them here. All the ones here are made out of paper and they've got powder on them or mineral oil. And she said, oh, they're the, they're hammering paper. They're the byproduct of the gold leaf beading process. And I was like, what? And so she said, they're gold leaf beading papers. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I was so interested in that. And it was right around that same week that I quit my job and said, I'm going to find myself. And I ended up in Japan looking for these gold leaf artisans who the byproduct of what they do creates these papers. So I, I finally end up outside of Kyoto at this, this workshop and there's gold everywhere. There's like gold on their eyelashes, like gold on their hair, gold in their clothes. And I was like, is it true that when you hammer gold into gold leaf that it makes these papers? And they said, yes. And I was like, okay, how does that, how does the byproduct of the gold leaf manufacturing process become one of the first beauty care items ever? And they said, you're going to have to ask either a geisha or a kabuki actor because we used to throw the papers away and they would come by at the end of the day and grab them. And so I was like, are geisha real? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, can I meet one? They're like, sure. So they introduced me to one the next day. And um, when I was interviewing this geisha, I was asking her about her makeup and she came in like full regalia and gorgeous. And um, I didn't want that look, but I figured since I know they predate the petrochemical industry, what they're using is probably pretty clean and maybe there's something I can learn from that. So I was asking her questions about her makeup and she told me where they get it from. This kind of like apothecary theater store. I went there later with my translator and I saw all these other geisha come in and out and they had no makeup on because they were getting ready for their nights and their skin was glorious, like a baby's. I have so many pictures on my iPhone I could show you. And um, so whatever they would grab, I would grab. So they would grab this bottle of oil, I would grab the bottle of oil. <laughs> they You're would like grab this powder. Them. <laughs> I would grab this powder. Do they start looking at you really weird? They're really fast because they're always really busy. So they were just zipping in and out. Um, but I would, whatever I saw them grab, I'd grab. And then my translator, Yuko, sent me home with these post-its on, on the stuff that I brought home. And it was almost like raw materials. They weren't even like finished goods. And I used half of them wrong. But eight weeks later, my skin healed. And the doctors had told me that my condition was permanent. Okay, wait just a second. Can you break down what the geisha culture is all about? I've always wondered. Ah, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> so geisha actually means art person in Japan. Wait, yes, new job title. We're geishas. <laughs> <laughs> and they are revered. Um, they are not concubines. They never have been. Um, that is a construct of the Western imagination, which is unfortunate because I think they're they're quite similar to kabuki actors, but if you have a male kabuki actor, respect it as this tradition, this, you know, cultural icon. But when you have a female, you sort of loading in things that aren't there. And so back in the day, there was 10,000 of them and um, they were the trendsetters of their time. They are dancers and they're, they're trained in all of the traditional 
Japanese classical arts. Um, now there's very few left, only a couple hundred, and there's less all the time. And I think that the misunderstanding of what they are has contributed to that decline. And so one, I feel really grateful that I get to study the things that they've been doing for hundreds of years. And two, that um, thanks to opportunities like this, get to retell their story, which is they are revered artists who spend their entire lives training um, and also trying to embody a culture that is so beautiful and precious. And it, it makes me sad that there's fewer every day. Hmm. Oh. I want to be one. I know. It's a hard. They work seven days a week. They only take off, um, I think, a couple days a month. And so then talk to me through this. So you took that, the Geisha beauty routine. Mm -hmm. You used it on yourself, saw this massive improvement, mm -hmm. and then decided to package that and create a routine that any woman could use? Yes, ultimately. And what are those steps? What is that skincare routine? It is so simple. <laughs> really? Yes, yeah, so simple. Everybody thinks that skincare is like, especially Asian skincare is 10 or 11 steps. Or if you really want to take your skin seriously, it's 10 or 11 steps. Mm -hmm. I know very, very few people who do that. Very few people, even estheticians. Is that just like a commercialization? I think that skincare companies, like most companies, have to grow. And I think that you have to keep launching things and create excuses for people to buy stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's just not the truth. You don't need to do very much. So what is the Tatcha skincare routine? The Tatcha skincare routine is is really the Japanese skincare routine from a few hundred years ago that the geisha have kept as little time capsules. Um, and many women in Japan still practice, but many women in Japan have actually forgotten about too. They'll say, oh, I feel like my grandmother did that. Um, so it's very simple. Uh, at night, take off your makeup with an oil. And, Any oil? Um, you really want an oil that... There's a scale of comodigenicity, which what? is... Sorry. Super <laughs> fragile, sex, sex, <laughs> Is that what you just said? Uh, based on like the molecular weight and structure of the oil that makes it either comedogenic or not, meaning it'll break you out or not. So use an oil that's not going to break you out. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Non-comedogenic. <laughs> Non-comedogenic. Comedogenic. Right. Okay. Yeah. So first you take off makeup with the cleansing oil. So now your makeup's off. And then what they would do back in the day is they would exfoliate their skin every day, but not the way that we do it here. Not with scrubs and nut husks and anything that can scratch the skin, but with something very gentle like enzymes. So they would use rice enzymes. So very, very, very gentle. And then, and the reason that's important is because you know how you both have babies right now? And if they bang their face on something, you're like, oh no. And then you wake up the next day and their skin is perfect. Mm -hmm. It's like Terminator skin. It's because their rate of synthesis is very fast, meaning they're always making new skin cells. And the rate of desquamation is very fast, meaning that they're, they're losing the dead ones all the time. Oh. But then as you get older, both of those things slow. Oh, so like if you were a woman in her thirties, let's just say, Yes. How slow are we talking? <laughs> um, the optimal is about 28 days. And then after, once you hit your early 30s, it starts slowing down. So it's probably, you're probably in your mid 30s right now in terms of days to turn the skin. And then as you get older, it keeps slowing down. So when you exfoliate very, very gently every single day, all you're doing is help helping to keep up the natural youthful cell renewal cycle. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we oiled, we've exfoliated. Yeah. And now what? And then um, there is a layer of water in the skin that as we get older can dry out. So you use an essence and all it does, it takes seven seconds, is you just replenish the water in your skin. What is an essence? <laughs> it, very good question. It has oftentimes a texture of water and the goal is to give to your skin, not take away. And so what you do is on clean, dry skin, you pour it into your palm and you 
put your hands together like prayer hands and then you press it into your skin and a good one will spike the hydration level of your skin instantly. So about 150% in moments. So it just plumps you up a little bit. Uh, a lot. It's like instant <laughs> Botox. Yeah. Great. And then in addition to that, good ones have a lot of active ingredients in there. Ours, for example, has 85 active ingredients. And because um, of the texture of it, it can really, one, go into the skin and two, create something called aquaporin channels, like little rivers into the skin. So that when you put on any serum or cream afterwards, instead of getting stuck on top, the active ingredients can get to where it's supposed to, to do their best work. So it's also an activator for any skincare that you use after. So now I've oiled, I've exfoliated, I've replenished the well. I've used an essence to to plump me up. Mm -hmm. Is water involved in like the oil cleansing at all? Yes. Is it just, okay. Yeah, you use water to rinse off the oil. Okay. But mm-hmm. not before, right? Correct. Dry hands, dry face, massage and rinse. This is a thing that a lot of people don't know. I would definitely have done like, you know, the old school Noxzema commercial, splash, splash. my face with my yeah. headband on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and and then what's the last step? Then those are your treatments. And so if you want to truncate it, you can just put on a moisturizer, and the moisturizer is going to seal in the moisture. And then if you want to be a little extra, you could do a serum first. A serum before the moisturizer. Mm -hmm. Sorry, so what is the difference between a serum and an oil and an essence? So a serum is something where the specific gravity is closer to that of water, um, meaning that it's thinner, And the rule of thumb generally is the thinner the texture, the earlier on in in the process that it goes. And the thicker the texture, the later it goes. Yeah. I like that. Mm, Have you ever made a cake uh, where sometimes you pour on like a syrup before you put on the icing? Yeah. So it's extra juicy. Now you're talking my language. Cake decorating. (laughs) Exactly. So your face is the cake. Your, your face is the cake, it's yeah. it's a spongy thing. It's a spongy thing. Yeah, 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 And then what do you call that syrup that you sometimes you'll pour in? Well, you can do it with all kinds of things. You I can just... Like simple syrup. Simple syrup. Yeah. One yeah. way. Just to seal it. And then you put on icing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you do like a crumble coat. A crumb coat. A crumb yeah. coat. Yeah. And then the... Yeah. So that... So we need a crumb coat and then put on our <laughs> frosting. <laughs> Oh, now I get wait, it. Frost yourself. Frost yourself. <laughs> Do you know the movie? No. Oh my god. How to lose a guy in ten days? Obviously, <laughs> we're gonna have a girls' night where we mask and watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Perfect. Done. Call me. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you taken an interest in the K-beauty industry and how does that compare to Japanese beauty? I watch it and I'm grateful for it because um, before the K-beauty wave hit, 
in the Western world, makeup, you had fun and skincare was like so serious and everything was clinical and doctor and fight the hands of time and so negative, honestly. And then K-Beauty came in and um, they were fun. And I feel like they made skincare accessible mm -hmm. to a lot of people. And it also opened up people's eyes about the fact that there's this whole other half of the world who takes care of their skin, but in a kind of a different way. Um, but so they use like snails and stuff sometimes. The, yeah. So it's not that accessible. Well, it's the price point I is mean, accessible. I mean, we've all seen snails on our faces. <laughs> have you put a snail no, oil on your I face? Haven't. Have you Not put on snail purpose. oil on your face? I, I have touched it as a raw material just to try to understand it, but there are other things that are very good emollient raw material. You don't <laughs> Better than use. snail oil? Yeah, I think there's a lot of options out there. Yeah. <laughs> What's like the weirdest one that approach? you've seen? I mean, way back in the day in Japan, they used to use bird poop as an exfoliant. As an exfoliant. Mm -hmm. But there, you know, there actually were natural ingredients in there that were... Do you have to try all of these things just to test them? Yes. Has any, has any <laughs> of them worked for you? Yeah, it, it actually bird works. Bird poop works. Bird poop works. What kind of bird? It used to be a nightingale, but they don't do it anymore. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I know. I do nightingale That's too. sort of poetic. Seagulls, yeah. not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So when it comes to makeup, yeah. you know, given everything you've been through, yeah. where you were just putting tons of makeup on your skin went through this experience, How? what is your approach like now? Makeup is fun and it's wonderful, but it's not meant to go into the skin. And when it starts causing problems is when it can go into skin. And your, your face is, you know, 10,000 open pores. And so what I've learned personally, I love wearing makeup, but you have to protect your skin from makeup. Mm -hmm. So you had also asked about a primer. Yes. <laughs> After you use a moisturizer, um, if it's the morning, then you use an SPF. And then after your SPF, if you're going to wear makeup, I do highly recommend a primer. And there's all sorts of different primers out there. In Japan, um, they have a type called pre-makeup. And when I asked the geisha, tell me the most important part of your skincare ritual, they always said um, it was basically their primer. So their primer is made out of a wax and they melt it on their hands. And it's the same wax that's in their hair, that, that kind of like kabuki mm -hmm. hair. And they press it onto their skin and then they put the makeup on after. And so I tried that. And it felt terrible. And I was like, this is also why they never smile because they have a wax mask on underneath that makeup wow. <laughs> or it looks like they can't smile because it's kind of stiff. Yeah. But the reason that they said it was the most important part of, the, of their skincare ritual was because it was keeping the makeup and pollution out and the moisture in. So they're, part of the reason their skin is so glorious is it's like never seen Chemicals. the outside yeah. ever. It's, it's protected completely. How does that make you think about makeup? So it took me four years, but we ended up creating something like that. But we did it out of silk instead of wax. And so when I put it on and then I put my makeup on after it, my um, the makeup never directly touches my skin. And so I have the kind of skin that eats makeup. I've got Pac-Man skin. And so <laughs> if, if I if I wear makeup I, the next day, like my skin will be fully congested and really? I have to really work it back out. But ever since I started putting on a pre-makeup, which is this barrier, um, my makeup looks better. It turns, you know, waterproof practically. It wears all day long. My palettes, you know, last forever. And then in addition to that, I don't get Pac-Man skin anymore. Talk to me about how you think uh, women who might be suffering from acne mm -hmm. or breakouts should be using a skincare routine maybe differently than they are now. Is it is it because of chemicals from makeup? Is it hormones? Like, can they tame it? Do they need to have a prescription? I went on Accutane when I was 13. Mm -hmm. It was magical, but <laughs> also like ruined my life because my skin was like flaking everywhere. For and, a while. And so I have a heavy heart oh. <laughs> for anyone who deals with with 
blemishes and all these different things. I know. But is that just part of I love that people are embracing their skin. I love on Instagram people are putting up, you know, just their naked skin so that, you know, people can see that skin, you know, comes in all sorts of natures. But there's lots of different types of acne. Um, and so as a result, addressing the acne means getting to the root cause. And there's a number of different root causes. But no matter what kind of acne that you have, keeping your skin clean and keeping it nourished and moisturized is critical. There's there's no doctor who's ever going to tell you, you know, don't, don't worry about washing your face. <laughs> right. I love the quote that, that you said, which is when you take care of someone's skin, you take care of their soul. Yeah. And the inner beauty is such a vital part of your brand. Yeah. How does that come to life in terms of your mission and, you know, your the things that you do with your business? There's two things. One is I found that when we ask women, women change their makeup all the time. All the time. It's like changing clothes. Mm -hmm. They don't often change their skincare very much, but when they do, it's often because there's a major life event happening. So when I ask um, someone, tell me about your skin, they almost always tell me about their life first. And so it's the really good stuff. It's your pregnancy. It's your first job. So you want your grown-up skincare line. You're getting married. So you want your skin looking the best. And then sometimes it's a really hard stuff. It's cancer. It's loss of a loved one. It's you know other things that are causing depression and stress. And so people, even though they don't understand the physiology of their skin, they understand instinctively that how they're feeling is affecting their health, which is affecting their skin, even if it's affecting their sleep, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so they'll always tell me about their life first. And what I realize from that is that when somebody gives you um, the permission to do something as intimate as taking care of their skin, their largest organ, the only one that they can touch, it's a, it's a deep honor and it affects how they feel about themselves. Um, so that's what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. But then in addition to that, what people often ask me is, you know, out of everything that you've studied in over 10 years, actually now from Japan, what have you learned about beauty? And what I love about the Eastern approach to beauty is it's not something to be lost with time. It's something to be gained with time. So when you're young, your beauty is all on the outside. But when you get older, um, it goes deeper. And so your heart is more beautiful and your mind is more beautiful and you're more compassionate and more loving. And what's on the outside matters, but it's not as deep. And so I think that if we're in the beauty business and we're in the skincare business, it's especially if we have daughters, mm -hmm. it's incumbent upon us to say your worth as a human being has nothing to do with the wrinkles on your face. I love that. Do you have any skincare idols? Skincare idols. Um, within the geisha community, the the mamasans, if you will, who run the geisha houses. Mamasans? Mamasans. Mamasans. They're like the mamas, the, the mamas of the geishas. Yeah. I want to be a mama. They're 70, they're 80. They have glorious skin. They also have the best stories in the world, but they have glorious skin. So I, I always go to them and ask them questions. How do you meet a mamasan? You know, over 10 years now, we've studied with 15 geisha, ranging from the ages of 20 to 80. And um, they're the mama-sans are the ones who we have our longest standing relationships with because they have so much to share. So I know you have sort of a give back component of mm -hmm. the business. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. So on that same note, you know, of making sure that women's um, sense of self-worth is not just about what they look like. Um, and I was having a daughter when we started this. I always thought, if I've learned anything, it's that beauty begins in the heart and the mind. It ends up on the skin, yay, but it begins <laughs> in the heart and the mind. So we decided um, that we were really inspired by Tom's, and we wanted to have um, a very direct giving component as well. So we work with an organization called Room to Read. They're based in San Francisco, but they operate globally, and their mission is world change through children's education. And they have a special fund for girls because girls are often the last in line to get a chance to go to school. 
And so uh, every single purchase helps fund uh, girls' education. And our program, our partnership together is called Beautiful Faces, Beautiful Futures. And um, we funded probably about three and a half million days of school now for girls wow, in amazing. 10 countries throughout Southeast Asia and Africa. I just hope that we can fund many millions more. That's what gets me up and going every day I still. I love that. Do you get to ever meet the girls? Oh, yeah. I go every year, sometimes uh, twice a year. So cool. I love that so much. If you guys ever want to come, you should join Um, me. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. um, I'm going to switch topics a little bit. We're going to play a little game. Oh, fun. Okay. So I'm going to say a current skincare or beauty trend, and you're going to give us your yay or nay. Okay. All right. Ready? The jade roller. Yay. Yay. Any sort of facial massage is wonderful. Why? Because it promotes lymphatic drainage and microcirculation in the skin. And how but often you don't, should be jade roll? It doesn't have to be a jade roller. It could be um, any sort of massage tool, including your fingers, that just doesn't pull on your skin. I love it. Okay. Microneedling. Ooh. <laughs> I have a lot of Scary. thoughts about this. I don't know that much about it. Okay. Um, my rule of thumb, though, is that anything that hurts is not right. I think that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. I admit that I there. bought a microneedling roller thing off of Amazon, and <laughs> I was definitely bleeding. Oh, my god! But I was like, it's going to plump it up. That's it's fine. Crazy. The pain we go through. Beauty okay. doesn't have to be pain. I'm just going to come out and say nay on that. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay, good. We right. like a strong nay. Yeah. No, we, need to, we need to, like, optimize our life please here. Don't, please don't bleed. We're no. streamlining. <laughs> yeah, they're bleeding. Okay, what about CBD-infused skincare? This is a new one for me. Um, I'm hearing a lot about it. Um, the geishas aren't using this yet? Not to my knowledge. I have not had direct experience with it yet. Okay, what about lash lifts or lash growth serums? Um, I don't know much about lash lifts. I do know that the lash growth serums typically use an active ingredient that comes from um, a drug that was originally created for glaucoma patients. Um, it does lead to a darkening of the iris and some irritation around the skin around the eyes. Um, and that when you stop using it, it stops working is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So I think that putting hormones on your eyes for fun is not what I would personally sign up to do. Can I just come out of the closet for a minute? (laughs) And say that I've been using Latisse for the last few months. And it now works, I'm nervous right? to stop. It no, it's like it's like the bad addiction that I shouldn't have, but I do. No, but now I'm nervous. And now I want to stop, but I can't because I feel like my you eyelashes are going to fall out. I think they're going to fall out. They're going to fall out. I'm, I'm not an expert in Can this. Can I just but... wind it down slowly? Like, oh. Just use fake lashes when you need them. <sighs> what about microblading your eyebrows? Okay, this is what I was, when you said microneedling is your skin. Microblading is for your eyebrows when you're trying to fill them in more permanently. How do you feel about that? I personally don't like cutting the skin for any reason, but I've seen people have beautiful results. Oh, two more. One is fillers. <sighs> uh It's not a good sign. Well, mm, I have no judgment for anybody who wants to do medical procedures because as long as it makes you feel better, go for it. Um, I have seen that sometimes, so your, your eye is trained over all of, you know, the time that we've been evolving as humans to read micro expressions. Anything 
that limits your ability to move your face naturally at any age is going to make people respond to you a little bit differently. So I've seen people use fillers or Botox to the point where their skin is not moving naturally anymore. And it has the opposite of the desired outcome with the person that they're interacting with, which is they're having a little bit of trouble reading your facial expressions as a human being. And so I would say people should do whatever makes them happy, but just watch that fine line between, um, you know, filling out that last little, because I think it's addictive. It's like remodeling your kitchen, mm -hmm. right? Right. And you have to keep doing it, right? <laughs> I, I think so. It's like I think it gets me metabolized. Yeah. <laughs> so I, there's lots of things that you can do to plump out a fine line or a wrinkle or to um, give volume to your face again before you have to go there. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like before before you have a surgical intervention, you can you can diet and you can exercise. So there's nothing wrong with doing an intervention when it's right for you, but also know there's lots of things that you can do beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I did a facial ice bath. How do you oh, feel about that? A facial ice bath where they just put ice I on your face? I just dunked my face in ice water for a few minutes. Like it, at her own house. This was part of a <laughs> challenge I gave to myself to take ice baths every day for a week. It, and it was just my body. And then I read about the ice facial. Yeah. And so I dunked my face. And it would come up like every 15 to 30 seconds to breathe and then yeah. go back down. And what were the, were the so, results that you saw? Well, I the blood rushed to the face. Yeah. Um, it felt plumper. Yeah. It felt smoother. I glow. I think I was glowing a little bit more. Yeah. Is this real or did I make that up? I, I bet it was real. Yeah. I bet it was because, um, so we've got primary circulation, which is, you know, all the stuff that you see in your veins. And then you've got microcirculation is, which is what you can't see between the veins and the, you know, the higher levels of your skin. And so anytime you're doing massage, the hot, the cold, even when you sweat from exercise, you're promoting circulation in the skin. And if you think about a cell as a factory and it has to make good stuff for you, you know, whether it's melanin or collagen or elastin, but like any factory, it creates garbage. Um, so microcirculation brings in the raw materials to for the factory to do their business and then takes away garbage. Oh. And so it just helps everything work better. So I wouldn't be surprised if there um, there was benefits to that. Cool. I'm going to yeah. keep up my eyes facial. Uh -huh. yeah. All right. So Vicki, where can everyone find you and your products? In the U.S., we are at Sephora and Tatcha.com. And where can we tag you if we want to shout out on social media? Oh, so sweet. Um, Instagram is at Tatcha. At Tatcha. All right. I hope all of you at home learned something or two. I know I did. And I definitely did. My <laughs> mind is blown. And here's to happy, healthy skin. Yes. Hey, guys. It's Britt and Ange reporting back. After chatting with Vicky, we both went home and tried the Tatcha routine for a few weeks, and we thought we'd fill you in on how it went. And you start. How's it going? Were you sticking with it? Dude, I have done this skincare routine every day except one for six weeks. What? Which is insane. I mean, I noticed a glow. No. A no. little bit. Yeah, I think you're actually right. So, I mean, I think the first thing that I really loved about it just after a couple of weeks was sort of the ritual, the routine of it all that mm. I'm taking this moment. And, you know, there's something about deciding to do something for a certain period of time where you allow yourself the time to do it mm -hmm. because you're not sure if it's going to stick. So I really liked that. And I liked the ritual right away. Did you notice any changes right away? Not right away. Um, I definitely feel like I've had less like breakout type things like in my on my skin. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel like it looks dramatically different, but it does feel different. Oh. But maybe I'm also just more aware of my skin. Maybe I need to touch it just to. 
check. I think I have to try six weeks off <gasps> to see if there's actually a difference. So I did it as well. And I noticed an instant change. You know what I think is bomb is the rice exfoliation part. It's so cool. Yeah. I think that's the key, actually. I don't know about the pl- I, th- I You know, I think it all probably works together. But my skin, it's like it got sanded. Like, it's, like, so smooth, so shiny. I used to have these little, like, bumpy things everywhere, and I feel like they're gone now. And I'm so pumped about it. Dude, it's so legit. The rice polish is definitely my favorite because it feels, like, productive. Right. And how long does it take you to do the whole thing? Honestly, it's way less than five minutes. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't believe her when she told us that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's true. If you're listening at home, it's – we're not even – we didn't get paid to say this. No, it's true. (laughs) This isn't even an ad. Guys, you should try it. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Send us your feedback and find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media at Brit and at Brit Co. A special shout out to my two co-hosts, Ange, who you can find on Instagram at Angelica Temple. And of course, my husband and partner in everything, Dave Morin. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Christine Swar and Ali Perry with additional production and sound design by Aaron Kaufman. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time.